And uh, okay, I've been asked to speak about uh, speaking in tongues. I've done this before. In fact, uh, in a Sunday service, I did it. I'm going to do it a lot differently today. Uh, I preach on this a lot. I speak on it in conferences and at YWAM and different places. And um, speaking in tongues is. <laughs> I don't know why the Lord put it on my heart to do this because it's not my favorite subject. I'd rather really talk about love. That's, my, that's the thing I really believe is the most important thing. You know, I believe if I speak in the tongue of men and angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. However, uh, I'm going to show you the importance uh, of, this is an equipping time, and I'm going to show you the importance of how speaking in tongues will really help you. I want you to know it's available to every believer. There's a lot of misunderstanding about tongues, and uh, it's the reason that uh, I wrote a book several years ago about tongues, but I couldn't get published because it didn't agree with any of the denominations. It agreed with some of them and other ones, and then other ones that believed that the gifts have passed away. Uh, they, didn't, they wouldn't publish it, and I didn't want to self-publish back then because it was a lot harder back then. And uh, so anyway, I, I did put a whole uh, section eight in my, in my book that I finally, after 12 years, I got it, finally got it written. If you didn't get a copy of this, my wife will be in the back uh, at a table right outside, and you can pick up a copy tonight. It's $16 if you go on uh, to, if you, if you buy it, you know, off Amazon, but you can get it for $13 here, and if you want me to sign it, I will. If you want to hang around, uh, I'll be happy to sign it. But, but, but what I want to say is, you know, and the book is Life in the Spirit. Basically, I feel like for some reason, um, you know, walking in the Spirit is so essential. In fact, Romans 8, 14 says, they that walk in the Spirit are the children of God. They're the ones, he really, those who, who really are led by the Spirit. Uh, Romans 18, 14 says, are children or sons or daughters of God. And so it's so important that we are led by the Spirit. Now, here's the difference. You know, as a non-Christian, I didn't become a Christian until I was 28 and a half, as many of you know the exact, you know, that wasn't 28, it wasn't 29, it was 28 and a half. Anyway... Uh, I, so I grew up heathen. So the first time I heard speaking in tongues, I didn't know what it was. I, I had gone to some different churches because I didn't grow up in the church. I didn't grow up, sadly. Uh, you know, we'd go Christmas Eve and, and Easter. We were CEOs, Christmas and Easter only. Anyway, the first time I heard, we, we went to this church down in Big Sur, California. It was about an hour from where we lived in the Pacific Grove, Monterey area. And I walked in and there was fiddles and long hairs and short hairs and all ethnic groups. And it was an amazing thing. But, I, but when they were worshiping, they were worshiping in other languages. I thought, gee, there are a lot of foreigners here. Because I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. But they were actually worshiping in English and in tongues. And, and uh, you know, just quietly worshiping and everything. And, and then when they pray, uh, sometimes, you know, some people would pray in tongues. People, some people would pray in English. And so I was curious about it. <laughs> uh, but... I didn't know what it was. And then I remember uh, the second week we were there, uh, what they, what they, would, they had a tendency, like when the pastor would say, let's pray, and this, they met at the Grange Hall in Big Sur. When the pastor would say, let's pray, everybody would kneel down at, on their, at their chairs, and I remember these guys laid hands on me, and all of a sudden I started speaking in tongues. And they went, you got it. And I went, got what? I figured it was good. They were excited. They didn't go, oh, you got it. They, they went, you got it, you know, and so, uh, so I figured that was a good thing, and I went, I got what? And they said, you got the baptism. I got the baptism? You know, I go, 
you know, what does that mean? You got the baptism of the Spirit. And I go, oh, well, well, great, you know, but what does that mean? I, you know, in other words, they were speaking Christianese. I still was speaking heathen. And so I didn't understand what this was. So um, it was interesting. Uh, I didn't speak in tongues again for a long time, and, and there was confusion. Now, I'm going to try to just go back over some areas to clear up confusion. Um, you know, I usually speak from a PowerPoint. Uh, I've got a few slides, but I'm not going to... I'm not going to go through the whole PowerPoint, uh, but I am going to just um, just kind of hit a few things here. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's go down to the uh, go down four down to the fourth slide, uh, which actually shows the different positions in the body of Christ. I'm not going to spend much time on this, but uh, I want you to know there's a lot of different positions that people hold in the body of Christ. I kind of broke it down for simplicity's sake in the six categories. Uh, first of all, number one on the one on the right side, <coughs> ten, tongues is necessary for salvation. Now, as I teach it, maybe you already speak in tongues. That's great. If you don't, you 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 can tonight. So, but but here's the thing: um, why is this even important to go under? Because you're going to run into people like this. Uh, I was on an airplane and ran into somebody like this. I'd never heard. I hadn't been. I probably hadn't been a Christian very long, but I was on the airplane and. Uh, Flying from the East Coast to the West Coast, the West Coast to the East Coast. Anyway, I can't remember which way I was going. But, uh, but anyway, I sat next to this couple, and they said a couple of years before they'd gone to this church, and there was an altar call, and they gave their life to Jesus, and they were called forward, and they were told to speak in tongues, but they didn't speak in tongues. So, Because I asked, I said, are you saved? And they go, we don't know whether we're saved or not. So I spent the next two hours showing them that salvation was strictly through what Jesus did, for by grace you're saved, through faith, not because of works. It's the gift of God, lest anyone should boast, Ephesians 2.8, uh, Romans 10.9. Um, if you confess with your lips, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So in other words, tongues has nothing to do with salvation. It's not tongues plus, you know, it's not Jesus plus tongues, it's not Jesus plus baptism. We don't get saved through baptism. You know, baptism is an important thing to do. If you haven't been baptized and you receive Jesus, it's very important. It's a declaration to the world, to the angelicos, the demonicos, that you belong to Jesus. It's something you remember. It's important to do. But you're not saved through that. Otherwise, I'd pay people to get baptized if I could get them saved that way, okay? Salvation is a matter of the heart, amen? If you, if you confess your lips and believe in your heart. And so, so anyway, so it's very important to recognize that... <laughs> You know, that this is a crazy, that I call the two ends the lunatic fringe. Uh, this side is based on fanaticism. The definition for fanaticism is a truth taken to the extreme where it becomes error. And that's exactly what that group did. Uh, moving to the other side, on the other side of the lunatic <laughs> fringe side is uh, tongues are demonic. And, and uh, <laughs> when, I was in when I went to Princeton Seminary, which I hadn't been saved that long, uh, I went to this little church, and they heard I spoke in tongues. And I don't know how they found that out because I didn't do it publicly. Uh, and they preached a three-week series on how tongues are the devil. And so I was confused. You know, and I just, I didn't have any stake in tongues because I really, I wasn't really speaking in tongues much. I had spoken in tongues. But, but somebody had asked me, and I said, oh, yeah, I spoke in tongues, you know. And anyway, but, <laughs> but what happened was they spoke, they did this three-week three, three week series just for me and for anybody else that might have been screwed up, you know. So, so anyway, it really threw me and it drove me into the Word to find out what the Word said. And uh, they didn't really have a scripture for this. They just said, well, some missionaries heard, some, or somebody heard somebody speaking in tongues and they were giving glory to the devil. So therefore, 
all tongues of the devil. Now, I had watched pretty closely to the devil up until about 28 and a half, and I never went, so I, when they said that, I thought, this doesn't make sense because I was walking with the devil. I didn't do that when I was with, walking with the devil, but when I became a believer and I did that, so anyway, I, I was confused, and uh, sometimes I'm still confused, but anyway, uh, this was clear that this was wrong. And, uh, and so as we move closer to the middle, you can see we're getting closer. On this side, number three, tongues are necessary. Uh, this group believes tongues are necessary to have the Holy Spirit. They say if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. Now, you've got a relationship with Jesus. You, you, you may be saved, uh, you know, but you don't, you, don't, you don't have the Holy Spirit. So, but that's not true because when you've got Jesus, you've got the whole package. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't say we are the temple of the Holy Spirit if we speak in tongues. Amen? So it's important to know that. And, uh, and so, so basically, I'm thankful that when I received Jesus, I also, the Holy Spirit came and lived on the inside of me. And he began to change me from the inside out. And he's still working. He's still working on me. And I got a feeling he's still working on you. Amen? Okay. Okay, let's go to the other side. Over on the other side, number four, tongues have passed away. Now, this is a large segment of the body of Christ. In, this, in my book, I go into a lot of detail of where this kind of, where the origination came, actually came out of the Reformation in the attempt to, and the Reformation did so many great things, which I won't go into, but in the attempt to move away from the Catholic Church, which was uh, in, you know, in, in a bad shape at that time, uh, the Catholic Church believed in the supernatural, so they, they said the gifts have passed away, tongues have passed away, everything has passed away. And they based it on a scripture, which, I, which I'll show you real quickly, just because you'll run into the group. Th this, is, this is called cessation theology. It means the gifts and all the things of the Holy Spirit have ceased. Now, I just want to tell you, I am so thankful. Believe me, I will, would not have been in ministry for 29 years. I never would have made it for 29 years. And actually, I was in ministry, I, six, I did six years well, I did two years as a youth pastor and worked with Richard Weir back east. Then I, I pastored the church in Grand Lake for six years. Then I've been here for 29. I ran a Christian school. Anyway, all I'm saying is I could, I could not have existed and survived and seen good things happen uh, in my life had it not been for the empowering of the Holy Spirit. So when people tell you the Holy Spirit, <laughs> the things of the Spirit have passed away, uh, I want you to know it's based on false exegesis. Now, exegesis is when you allow the scripture to speak for itself. This is eisegesis that they used. Eisegesis is when you take, you have a belief, and you look, and you kind of proof text, and you find something, and you take it out of context, and you say, this backs up my point. That's proof texting. And basically, uh, now, sometimes proof texting, if it's done in context, and it fits you know, then that's fine. But it's eisegesis, not exegesis, when it's not true. So if you want to go down to, <laughs> without my glasses, I'm not sure I can tell you which one to go to, but I think it's the next one. Uh, let's see. Uh, e no, it's not. Um, <laughs> it's, oh, oh, you can put on the next slide. I'll just show you this. This is the, the slide. This is the scripture. Yeah, that's the one. You got it. Yeah, this is the one. <laughs> go back to this. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, the, yeah, let's just stay with that. By the way, uh, the first group on the fanatical side, they use the scripture, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 3, that says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Therefore, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can't say Jesus is Lord. That's basically ignorance gone to seed. But anyway, uh, 
let's, let's stick with the, the, the one that they pulled up because that's the one I want. Uh, I, I'm going to just read this, and you can just follow with me. It's actually 1 Corinthians 13, verse 8. Love never fails. Whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will what? They'll cease. That's where we get cessation theology, by the way. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Now, I want to stop here for a minute. <coughs> now, there, this is basically saying there will be a point in time in the future when there won't be any need for tongues or, you know, word of knowledge or any gifts of the Spirit or any of that stuff. There will be a time in the future. Now, we just need to figure out when that time is and let the Scripture speak for itself. Verse 9, for we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. Now, there's a parallel here. When the perfect comes, then that is at the same time when these other things will pass away. Now, this group, uh, don't put it back up again, but the group that says uh, this stuff has all passed away, uh, this group, and, and this is a large segment of the evangelical church, and it's taught in a lot of seminaries, Dallas Seminary, other seminaries, very good seminaries that teach really well, but it's taught in a lot of seminaries. And it, it's interesting, um, you know, and ref usually people come out of Reformed tradition really strongly believe this. And so, but here's what I want you to see. Let's go a little further. So uh, when the perfect comes, then we know all this stuff's going to pass away. Now, they say the perfect is the Bible. And if you argue with them, you say, they say, well, you don't believe the Bible is perfect? I do believe that the Bible in its original languages is absolutely infallible and perfect. It is our rule of faith. It is word of faith. And even in different English translations, there's little discrepancies, but, it, but it's not a matter of faith. It doesn't affect our faith. So we believe that the Bible is the very foundation that we stand on. Amen? So I fully believe that, but I, I'm not sure this refers to perfect. Let's just go a little further and see if it does. Let's go a little further. Next, uh, go to the next slide. And then it goes on to verse 11. Uh, verse 11. I've got to pull it up here. <laughs> ah. Okay, I'm going to read it off here. because uh, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child, I thought as a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, we see in a mirror dimly. Now, meaning when there is tongues, when there is, you know, the gifts and everything. Now we see in a mirror dimly, but then... Same parallel with perfect, when the perfect comes, then face to face. Now, what do you think perfect means when it says, by the way, when are you going to see face to face? When you see Jesus face to face. Guess what? In heaven, there won't be any need for the, move, the gifts of the Spirit. Amen? I mean, think about it. You're not going to know that because it goes on even to say further. It proves it. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I'm known. How, how many of you know God knows you better than you know yourself? Amen? So, but there'll be a time when you're in heaven, you're going to know yourself as God knows you. And so this is referring to when Jesus comes, when we see him face to face, when we're in heaven. And so that's why this could never, ever refer to what they say it refers to. And so it's interesting how people try to make doctrines and prove things that are, are false. And uh, it's sad because it has an impact and it keeps people, move, keeps people away from the things of the Spirit, which are essential. You can accomplish a lot just in your own abilities. But I want to tell you this. You can accomplish a lot more by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I mean, I could give you story after story. I would have failed public speaking and, you know, in, in college had it not been for a weird series of events. And so <laughs> when I became a pastor, I knew I was going to have to speak. And so God supernaturally helped me to speak. 
I couldn't remember anybody's name. God supernaturally helped me to remember people's names. God supernaturally healed me. God supernaturally did all these things. And so when they say, well, you know, God pulled up all his gifts and everything up into heaven, I go, I'm sorry, but you're full of it. It's not true. It's not scriptural. It's not, I love you, and I'll walk in fellowship with you. I'm not going to break fellowship with you because this is a non-essential. You know our motto here? It's unity in the essentials, liberty in the non-essentials, love in all things. So I'm going to walk in love even if you don't agree with me, but I'm not going to agree with you just because that's the position you hold. We'll walk in love, but we'll agree to, be disag- to disagree without being disagreeable. Amen? And that's the, way, that's the attitude you've got to have. You can't, you can't get uptight about it, even when somebody's really, really fervent about it. And they think if you don't believe they, the way you, they do, you're, they can't fellowship with you. Well, that's not true. You know, we have unity in the essentials. That means you can't be born again unless you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's an essential. You don't end up being a Christian just by sitting in church any more than you sit in your garage and become a Porsche. Amen? Or you turn your Chevy Vega into a Porsche. That doesn't happen. (laughs) Chevy Vega, that'll take some of you back. Anyway, I had a Ford Falcon. I didn't have a Chevy Vega. But anyway, uh, (laughs) that'll also take you back. Okay. (laughs) Let's see. Okay, let's, let's talk about, let's go back to the, go back to the, uh, the you know, the uh, scale. The, uh, yeah, that's it. Good. Good job, by the way. This, we're kind of <laughs> flying by the seat of our pants here. Anyway, you're doing a good job. Okay, let's go uh, over here. Let's go to five, tongues of the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a real popular, <coughs> that's real popular <laughs> even in Christian circles today. People try to get you to speak in tongues so did you get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Remember the group that I went to? They believed this. They were in that group. And they said, <laughs> when I spoke in tongues, they go, you got it. Yeah, I mean, I got what? They go, you got, you got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, guess what? I didn't get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't feel anything. I didn't have any empowering. I just spoke in tongues. About six months later, I had an, an encounter with, with the Holy Spirit where I, was, I felt an empowering. And different times after that, I felt empowered. And so I was confused because this group said, you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit unless you speak in tongues. Another thing I was confused about is Billy Graham. I had, I had seen in, in my book, I share the story, where Billy Graham gets baptized in the Holy Spirit in his early 20s. Billy Graham wasn't a very good speaker. He really didn't lead many people to Christ until after he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, he doesn't talk about ever speaking in tongues because he was, he was actually in a denomination that really didn't believe in tongues. And uh, so, <laughs> as a result... Uh, if he did speak in tongues, he did it silently, but he never talked about it. And, uh, and so uh, he probably didn't, but, but he was definitely baptized in the Holy Spirit. So baptism in the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues are two separate experiences that can happen at the same time. This position came out of the Azusa Street Revival, which was a fantastic revival. Great things happened. But sometimes people will take something and they'll make a doctrine, but they'll put the Holy Spirit in a box. Somebody had a word, uh, they had a word tonight about being in a box. And I, I felt like, you know... <laughs> I'm going to use that because people try to put the Holy Spirit in a box. How many know the Holy Spirit doesn't fit in a box? They have their little doctrine. They say, well, it has to happen this way. This is the way it happened to me, or this is the way it happened several years ago to this person. So, therefore, it has to happen to you this way. Not true. You can be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. You can happen. It can happen at the same time. It doesn't have to. Six times in the book of Acts, you, you'll see where people were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Three of those times it mentions tongues. The other three, it doesn't say anything about tongues. And again, you know, um, you can't base a, <laughs> a full 
fledged doctrine on, you know, on 50% and say it has to happen 100% that way. And so, anyway, it's just, it's just little blind spots that people have. How many of you know when we have a blind spot, we don't know what it is? <laughs> Amen? Now, we can see other people's blind spots, but we can't see our own. Otherwise, there wouldn't be blind spots. Amen or oh me? Okay, good. I'm glad you're with me. Okay, let's go to the last one. I want to go through this. I'm going through it quickly. Um, <coughs> the one over here is, on this side, tongues are okay for others, <laughs> but leave me alone. <laughs> uh, in other words, you know, it's okay if other people speak in tongues, but I don't want anything to do with it. Well, if God hits me over the head with a two-by-four, then I'll speak in tongues. How many know God's not going to do that? Amen? And so you have a choice. You can either speak in tongues or not speak in tongues. God loves you. You're going to heaven. You'll still, you know, you're still going to be effective. But for me and for the Apostle Paul, tongues was very important. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, Paul said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than y'all. Now, he was from southern Jerusalem. That's why I said y'all. But, but anyway, uh, and so he said, I thank God I speak in tongues more than y'all. And then he goes on to say, however, in the church, when I'm, when I'm ministering to other people, I would rather speak five words in a language they understand so I can bring edification. Why did he say that? Well, because he wasn't putting down tongues, but the Corinthians got confused. They were confusing the gift of tongues with speaking in tongues. What's the difference? The gift of tongues, the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit, which have somewhat been talked about. Jeff talked about it the first night. Uh, it's found in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 11. But the, the, the nine gifts of the Spirit are given, it says, for the benefit of others. In other words, when I receive a gift of healing and lay hands on somebody, that's not for me. When I get a prophetic word, that's not for me. That's for someone else or other people. When I get, you know, whatever, whatever I get, any gift I get is to bless other people. Amen? However, it's interesting. Speaking in tongues, the purpose of tongues is very important. Now, uh, I'm going to go to the purpose of tongues, and I, <laughs> I don't have my glasses and so the, this is so little here, I can't tell. But see if you can pull up the one that says the purpose of tongues. Aha, you're doing better than I am. Okay, I'm just going to go with you. Okay, what is the purpose of speaking or praying in tongues? You, you can use those inter interchangeably. And, and how is it different from the gift of tongues? Okay, put up the next scripture. Here's the scripture that tells you what the purpose of tongues is. It isn't to say, you know, 20-some or 90 years ago or however years, many years ago it was, I, I went shundalov upnani, therefore I have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's not what the reason is. It says, he who speaks in a tongue does what? Edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So we're talking here about praying or speaking in tongues as a prayer language, it edifies you. You know, you say, now, what does that mean? What, what does edify mean? It means build up, right? So it means build up. So when we pray in a tongue, when I pray in a tongue, if I stood up here for the next five minutes and I prayed in tongues, you would not be edified at all. But I personally would be edified. Why? Because what's happening is the Holy Spirit is praying through my human spirit. And as it's praying through my human spirit, it's not going through my intellect. It's actually going through my spirit. And so the Holy Spirit's linking up with my human spirit. So my human spirit is being edified. It's being built up. And so I'm being strengthened before I go into a hospital room to pray for somebody or, you know, I'll pray in tongues before I speak on a Sunday morning or, or tonight. Uh, I'll pray in tongues. You know, I'll pray in tongues. And I, it used to be I just, you know, would pray in tongues now and then. But I just pray in tongues without even thinking about it. 
I mean, I'll slap a little, you know, toothpaste on my toothbrush. You know, anyway, uh, <laughs> that's a joke. Anyway, anyway uh, but, but, but what I'm saying is you can pray in tongues at any time. You can pray whenever, whenever you want to. Uh, you don't have to have a move of the Spirit. Now, the gifts of the Spirit are as the Spirit wills. You have to be willing. The Holy Spirit moves through you, but it's as the Holy Spirit wills. So you can't just say, well, I'm just, I'm just going to, you know, do this tonight. Unless the Holy Spirit, for, for example, tonight, not everybody got a word of knowledge. You know, so as the Holy Spirit gives you that word of knowledge, as you receive it, then you bring it forth. So, and it's to help other people. <coughs> so, again, <coughs> very important to recognize that speaking in tongues or praying in tongues for prayer language is different than the gift of tongues. And there was a lot of confusion over that because people say, well, if you pray in a tongue, you've got to interpret. No, the gift of tongues needs to be interpreted because it needs to be followed by the gift of mm -hmm. interpretation of tongues. Now, here's another thing. People say, well, doesn't it have to be a spoken language? No, because Paul said, if I speak in the tongue of men or of Angels, heavenly language. It doesn't have to be. Also, if it was a spoken language, then it would be, it would be, it, it wouldn't be, in, it wouldn't be the gift of interpretation. It would be the gift of translation, because you'd be translating literally the language. Amen. See the difference? And the way a person gets the gift of interpretation is they get it by the Spirit, and they get that gift of interpret, interpreting what the Holy Spirit was speaking in the in the in the gift of tongues. Different again. But I'm talking right now about prayer language. And uh, so the prayer language, it's important to know. Uh, honey, can you, oh, wait, I know. I do have somewhere. I think I have some glasses here. Do I? No. See if they're inside there in my bag. That's good. Oh, you got a pair. Here we go. Thanks. Here. Here. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Santa got a fat head. <laughs> there. Thank you, Valencia. Anyway, uh, yeah, this helps me a lot. Okay, now, um, although this, <laughs> not that much, actually. Uh, <laughs> okay, I mean, it's, no, it's a lot better. Okay, here we go. Let me move this up. Okay, um, what I want, let me just stop here for a minute. I just felt the Lord say stop, and do you have any questions right now? Now, I covered a lot of ground, and, uh, you know, I may have raised some questions, and if you have a question, probably somebody else does. You might think, well, it's a stupid question. Well, the other people had the same stupid question, so it wasn't that stupid. So anybody have any questions? Because I've gone pretty fast. Okay. Yes. Ah, good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I'm gonna, I'll tell you what. I'm going to use your point to, to go into something. I, I want to explain the things that stop us from speaking in tongues. Because you just touched on it, and I'm going to use that. Because you're saying, well, what about interpretation? Shouldn't you understand what you're saying? And, and that's a good, really good question. Anybody else, other questions? Because I'm going to answer his question in context. Anybody else? Okay. That means you all are well taught. You understand everything. Okay. <laughs> okay. So here's what I want to do. I want to talk about the reasons people don't speak in tongues. Now, if tongues is available to every believer, and I'll prove that by the Scripture Mark 16, verse 17, says these signs will follow those who believe. Mark 16, 17, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. They will speak with what? New tongues. So the only prerequisite for speaking in tongues 
is being a believer. If you're a believer, then you can speak in tongues. So that's the only prerequisite you have is just to be able to, to be a believer. If you've received Jesus, then you can speak in tongues if you want to. Now, why, don't, why doesn't everybody speak in tongues? Well, uh, first of all, um, Paul said, I wish that you all spoke in tongues. 1 Corinthians 14, 5. He said, you know, and so avail he wouldn't say that if it wasn't available to everybody. That would be cruel if he said, I wish you all spoke in tongues, but some of you just, I guess you're just not, you know, you don't have it. <laughs> he, didn't, he wasn't saying that. He just meant it was available to everybody. And so it is. So here's the thing. Why don't people speak in tongues? Well, first of all, they might be mistaught. They might be taught that tongues have passed away. So if they passed away, it's irrelevant for today, you're probably not going to speak in tongues. Also, <laughs> you know, if, if you don't know the purpose of tongues, then why would anybody go, I mean, that just makes absolutely no sense. Now, here, the, biggest, the biggest block to speaking in tongues, the biggest block is your, your analytical mind. Say analytical mind. Your analytical mind will fight you and try to stop you from speaking in tongues. Why? Because your analytical mind wants to process everything. And because the Holy Spirit is speaking through your human spirit, your analytical mind is ticked off because it doesn't, it wants to be, it wants to filter things. And so it's going to tell you that's not tongues. Let me give you the scripture. Put up the scripture, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. And here's the answer to your question, by the way. Um, when you're praying in tongues as a prayer language, notice it says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. Remember, and, and understand this, we're made in the image of God. He's a tripartite being. He's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're tripartite beings, spirit, soul, and body. That's in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. So the part of me where the prayer's coming is from my human spirit. The Holy Spirit's praying through my human spirit. So if I pray in a tongue, what part of me is praying? My human spirit's praying. Now, my mind or my understanding is what? It's not involved. So do you see, the more analytical you are, <laughs> the more, the harder it is to break through, but the more, the more you know, the more benefit you're going to get. Now, <clears throat> I've, <laughs> I've done this for many years. <clears throat> when I go to YWAM and I'll lay hands on somebody, uh, you know, they'll come forward for prayer because they want to pray in tongues, and they'll go like this. And so I'll take their head and I'll move it like this. You know? <coughs> but what does that tell me? That tells me they're extremely analytical. Because their analytical mind is, always, is already saying, no, you know, this is not, you know, you can't do this. No, this is not that. that, that and I can tell that's a very analytical person. The real analytical person, though, gets more help than the person that's not analytical. And if you're analytical, you know that sometimes it can be analysis to the point of paralysis, you know, where it can really frustrate. And I'm fairly analytical. <laughs> and so I understand that. And so tongues has really been helpful to me to be able to break past some of the shackles that my mind will try to put on me. I remember several years ago, this guy's name was Peter. <coughs> and uh, he was a young guy. Actually had a scholarship to Juilliard Music. And uh, very intelligent. And I remember uh, I prayed for him. He wanted to speak in tongues. I prayed for him. Nothing happened. And he was kind of frustrated. But I saw this picture. I said, I see a picture of a microscope attached to a cerebrum right looking down at your tongue. He says, that's the way it feels. Well, he called me the next day. That night, he woke up in the middle of the night praying in tongues. Why do you think? Because his, his conscious mind let go. So 
he was able to pray in tongues. His spirit was able to, the mind couldn't do it while he was asleep. So he actually prayed in tongues. Now, uh, I want to read something that I put in the book here for the real skeptical people. Uh, this isn't for you, but, you know, if you run into somebody skeptical, this will help you. Uh, <laughs> it says this. Uh, it says, uh, an article published November 7, 2006 in the New York Times entitled, A Neuroscientific Look at Speaking in Tongues by Benedict Carey detailed some startling scientific discoveries about speaking in tongues. Researchers at the University of Pennsylvania took brain images of five women while, while they spoke in tongues and found their frontal lobes, the thinking willful part of their brain through which people control what they do, were relatively quiet. In other words, the analytical part of the brain was, was not active, uh, as were the language centers were not active. On the other hand, the regions involved in maintaining subconsciousness were very active. The women were not in, a, in, in blind trances, and it was clear, it was unclear in which region was driving the behavior. This supports that speaking in tongues goes beyond the intellectual centers of the brain. This research demonstrates a power that transcends the logical portions of the brain. At the same time, those logical portions, that analytical part, is the point that, that tries to stop you. By the way, this, I just read this too for those of you that think those that speak in tongues are a little crazy. Uh, contrary to what many, uh, may, that may be a common perception, studies suggest that people who speak in tongues rarely suffer from mental problems. A recent study of nearly, this will help you to feel better about it. Anyway, <laughs> a, a recent study, a recent study of 1,000 Christians in England found that those who engaged in this practice were more emotionally stable than those who did not. And everybody said? <laughs> Amen. Valencia, thank you. Would you give, I don't want to throw these to you because thank you for letting me use this. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, bottom line is, um, you know, speaking in tongues is, is really powerful. It's also used in spiritual warfare. You know, it's interesting, and I won't, I'm not going to take the time because I'm almost out of time, but uh, in Ephesians 6, it talks about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty. No, no, that's, I'm sorry, that's 2 Corinthians 10, verses 5 and 6. But over in Ephesians 6, it says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, you know, and darkness and heavenly demons and heavenly places and so forth. And uh, then it goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God. Now, the word there, armor, a really better translation would be weaponry, because it's not armor we always think is defensive, protective. But basically, this is talking about the weaponry of God, because some of it is offensive. The two offensive part. Now, we have the, you know, the shield of, of you know, we have the shield of faith, which protects from the fiery darts, and, and then we have the breastplate of righteousness, and, you know, and, and everything is on the front. There's no butt plate of, of righteousness or anything like that, because we're not to be retreating, we're to go forward, amen? So it's important to know that. Now, there's two offensive weapons. One offensive weapon is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. How many know we can use the Word powerfully? But notice it says the sword of the Spirit. So it's using the Word of God by the Spirit. That's what makes it powerful. When the Holy Spirit prompts you and, and you know, just lights up that Word, that becomes a very strong offensive weapon. The second thing is praying at all times in the Spirit. It, with prayer and supplication. It says pray, praying at all times with prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Now, you try to pray... <laughs> you know, also, Paul also says in 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, pray without ceasing. You try to do that, 
with your intellect. Well, you'll go through, you know, all your family and then all the missionaries you know and all the countries you know, and eventually you'll get a headache. But you can pray in tongues, you can pray in the Spirit and go on and on and on and not get tired. Why? Because your, your, your mind is not involved. And so it's very, very powerful, and it's a strong weapon against the enemy. It's a strong weapon because you're being built up, and it, it's a powerful weapon against the enemy. And that's why Paul says this is part of your spiritual weaponry, is praying in tongues. And, you know, and, so, and praying in the Spirit and praying in tongues are used interchangeably. By the way, praying in tongues can mean praying in your native language under the inspiration of the Spirit, or it mean, can mean praying in tongues. And so it's, 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 it's very, very important to know that and very helpful. Okay, any questions before I wrap this up? Any questions at all? I, don't, I just don't, I know I've covered a lot of ground. Good. Okay, no questions. Okay, uh, let me just say another reason people don't speak in tongues is that they expect the Holy Spirit to take their tongue and make sounds come out. Now, I spoke in tongues, boy, a long time ago uh, for the first time. But I've never, ever, you know, said, you know, gee, it was a little warmer today. It was still kind of cold, but at least the sun came out. It was lean. In other words, what I'm saying is, the Holy Spirit isn't going to take your tongue and make sounds come out. You have to do the speaking. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4, it says, And they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, they did the speaking. The Holy Spirit didn't just move their tongue and, you know, and all of a sudden they're going, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Same thing with English. You know, you either pray in English or you can pray in tongues. You can sing in English, you can sing in tongues. You can, I mean, in other words, <laughs> you have to do the speaking. So if you're waiting and, you, and you're thinking, well, if I do it, it's me. Yeah, it is you. If you don't, and, and if you're waiting for the Holy Spirit to move your tongue, Jesus will return before that happens. I just want to encourage you. <laughs> so, so um, there's other reasons, you know, self-conscious. Sometimes people are self-conscious. Sometimes people think you're weird. Uh, by the way, you have proof now that if you speak in tongues, that you're more mentally stable than others that do not. So uh, anyway, they can't, you, you, <laughs> the enemy can't use that one against you. Amen? So um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Uh, there's other things I could talk about. There's other reasons people don't speak in tongues. But why talk about the reasons people don't speak in tongues? Because we get to speak in tongues. It's, it's not something you have to do. But here's what I want to say. You're, uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity. And for those of you that have spoken in tongues but you're not fluent, you know, it's kind of like, in, you know, if you were learning Spanish and, and uh, you could say habla español and uh, donde está el baño. That means, where, where the heck is the bathroom? <laughs> Please tell me quickly. Anyway, uh, but uh, so may, maybe you've spoken in tongues a little, but you're not fluent, and you want to be more fluent. I'm going to allow you to come forward also to become more fluent. Now, here's what I want to say. Uh, a fr somebody a, was a pastor, told me, he said, look, now that you've spoken in tongues, this is when I, when I came to the revelation, and it wasn't through a denomination or anything. When I came to the revelation, the tongues was to build myself up. I guess it was a, a friend of mine. He said, what you need to do is time yourself and pray for five minutes. And so I started doing that. And so I remember the first time I did it, I'm praying, and I'm thinking, man, it's at least, it's at least four and a half minutes. I look at my watch, 45 seconds have gone by. Why? Because my analytical mind was fighting me. It was fighting me. So I just want to encourage you. Uh, it's something, you know, you're going to, and, and you're, another thing is, your mind's going to tell you, well, you're not speaking in tongues. That didn't sound like Pastor JR's tongue. 
Guess what? Your mind doesn't know. Remember? When I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, my mind is not involved. It's unfruitful. So your mind doesn't know. Your mind can't determine what tongues are and what tongues aren't. So just tell your mind to be quiet. Okay. Can you put on some soft music in the background, just kind of mellow, soft, tongue-speaking music in the background? <laughs> That'd be great. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you to stand your feet. Now, if you're already happy and you speak in tongues and you're fluent in it, I'm going to ask you to stay in your seat. Uh, however, if you would like to speak in tongues either for the first time or become more fluent, I'm going to ask you to come right down here and just line up right here. So come on down. Don't be shy. I'm going to ask my son and Ray and other people to help me here. Okay. Just line up single file if you would. Now, when we pray for these folks, if you already pray in tongues, I'm going to ask you to just cut loose, okay? I'm sorry? More fluent means? More fluent means that you'll be able to say more than donde esta el baño. It means, it means that your language will become more, it, it'll just become, maybe now it's like you got a few words, and it's, but, but you want it to be more fluent. It means to break through through greater fluency. And you can, so it's, it's more of a flow. And you can operate in it just on a, on a regular basis. So just, it can just happen. Yeah, and I want to just say something too. When, when you speak in tongues, this is, this is for your own edification. This is really for your own edification. This is to, this is your spirit speaking to the, to the Holy Spirit, speaking to God. You're really, you're, it's a direct line to the Father. And so you're shutting your mind, your will, your emotions down, and it's the, it's the spirit to spirit. And so that's what raises things up. And, and then your, what happens is your body and your, your spirit or your, your mind come into alignment with your spirit, which is now with, in alignment with the Holy Spirit. And it's really important to understand that. This is a self edification. This is an edification of you to bring you into alignment. And then, you know how my dad will, like, he'll hear things. A lot of that is, is you'll be, he'll be praying in tongues before, before he even hears something. And so as you pray in tongues, what it does is it aligns you with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then sometimes it'll be an easier way to get a word of knowledge because your mind's operating. When your mind's operating, you're not, right. you don't get the word of knowledge through your mind. You get it through your spirit. And so it's coming from right here. So in the same way when you... When you pray in tongues, it's coming from right here. And so for you it, analytical it brings, people. It brings greater revelation to the Word of God, too. When you pray in tongues, then you read the Word. Because the Word is spiritually, yep. you know, infused. Because it aligns your spirit with, with the Spirit of God. By the way, I'm not going to mention this again. My wife will be out there on the left. If you want one of these books, after we pray for people, I will come out and I'll sign it if you want me to. And uh, But if you have never spoken in tongues, also realize that it is not about the words that you say. Because you, what you're going to do is you're going to think about this and you're going to say, what am, I tr what am I saying? What are the words that I'm saying? It has nothing to do with the words that you say at all. It's coming from right here because you are a spirit, right? Just let it flow. You are a spirit. You, you have a body uh, or you live in a body and you have a soul, which is your, <coughs> mind, your will and your emotions. So it's very important also to understand that when you speak, 
It is not about the words you say. It is sometimes it's a moaning and a groaning that turns into words. But it, and it, it is, makes no it sense is, to your it mind. It's coming from right here. It's coming from the spirit. Okay, are you ready? I'm gonna. You ready to go? I'm ready to go. E, uh, easy. <laughs> Take it easy on me now. <laughs> I ate too much turkey. That turkey casserole is really good tonight. Anyway, <clears throat> put your put your hands out to the side. I want you to close your eyes. Give yourself a little space so you're not on top of each other. You know, just yeah, that's good. And uh, and so uh, what I'm gonna do is, and I'm gonna have everybody just say this to me. They say, Lord Jesus, I am a believer. You said that believers would speak in new tongues. Therefore, as a believer, I will speak in new tongues, and my analytical mind will not stop me, even though it makes no sense to my mind. In Jesus' name. Now go ahead, close your eyes, and go ahead and just start speaking in tongues. Go ahead, guys. Go ahead and speak in tongues out loud, those of you that already do it. Go ahead, just let it flow. 